No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get rocking. Let's get rocking. All right. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. If you're on that side of the world where it is that time where the sun is shining, it's coming up over the horizon and you just don't really feel like rolling out of bed. So good morning. Glad to have you all here. I am Jason, your co-host with the God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host. They are the ones that are at the wheel. They are the captain. They're the boss, CEO, you name it. They are the head honchos in charge. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here today. It is Friday, January 27th, 2023. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is episode eight, 424 on His Heart Line. We are going to be doing the reading out of Isaiah chapter 58, just a few more chapters before we conclude the book of Isaiah. And today's episode title is No More Excuses. So I got a few clips we're going to play at the end. Um, this might not quite go to be a full hour today. Um, I might shorten it up some because I do have a lot of shoveling to do in my driveway. we got pounded with some snow. I went to go grab some dinner for the family because I forgot to thaw out the chicken breast. So that was quite, um, it kind of sucked because I was going to do a chicken a certain way this, uh, this evening. So that didn't work out so well. And it was still rock solid like a brick. So I had to go out battle crazy drivers. Literally, I actually almost got in two accidents in a mile and a two, about a two mile drive. So after I left my development to go to 
we went to Five Guys. Um, they have great burgers. They got burgers. I got my burgers without the bun because I am staying away from bread and all that other stuff. So I just did, you know, bacon cheeseburgers with, um, you know, tomatoes and green peppers and jalapenos, you know, all that good stuff. But no bun. I do not do the bun. Don't do the fries. Although their Cajun fries are great. But anyways, I was driving up the road to the main road where five guys is at. And, you know, because of the snow we got, the plow trucks are out there in full force. Of course, it's a wet snow. It's not even that fluffy powdery stuff. And, uh, of course, because it's so dark and the snow is already blinding still. I'm coming up on this big, huge white mass. I'm not even kidding, guys. This thing was about the size of, I don't know. How do you put it? it? This thing was about the size of a black bear in mass, like a, a fully grown, matured black bear. It was like this big, balled up clump of snow. And I saw it. And because the roads are slushy and slick, I was like, there's no way I'm going to stop in time. So I just steered to the smaller part of the pile and I just demolished that thing. I, I'm surprised I didn't crack my bumper. It, it was that big and that massive and, and heavy. And I was so pissed. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I almost stopped to go, you know, be like, dude, when you plow a freaking driveway off a main road like this, you can't do that, man. That's how accidents get caused. I'm surprised one didn't happen sooner. So anyway, whatever. <clears throat> I'm just glad I had my car, not my wife's Lexus, because that would have really ticked me off, you know. So anyway, and then I get on the main road where the rest, you know, five guys is on and I'm turning left and I'm in the left turn lane. This lady is driving straight onto me like it's a regular driving lane. And I'm like flashing my high beams at her. I'm like, what are you doing? Get back in your lane. Because there's no, like, even though it's a turning lane for me, there is nowhere for her to turn left into. You see what I'm saying? So, like, she had no business basically being in that turn lane because it wasn't a turn lane for her. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this lady is going to go right head on into me. I couldn't get back into the other lane because I had cars coming up behind me and I've already started slowing down. And this lady's coming onto me. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I started, you know, pumping my brakes slowly just to hopefully come to a complete stop. And finally I did. Thankfully she did. And then she got in her lane and started going. But I was like, what are you doing, lady? Like, clearly, I know the snow is covering up the lines, but you know what lane you should be in. You know where the cars are going. You just follow the rest of the cars. She was not following the rest of the cars. I don't know what she was doing, but she almost caused an accident. All right, let's get right into the reading, though. <clears throat> oh, a little, little update. My equipment showed up several days early. I wasn't expecting my mixing board until Monday or Tuesday. It came today. No, I'm not operating with it right now. I did take a picture and put it on Telegram and True Social with the you know, power turned on so you can see all the cool, pretty colors and the buttons and all that other neat stuff that probably no, none of you really care about. But it's fun for me. I'm an overgrown child and I love buttons with colors. So I'm going to have a lot of fun pushing them. But anyways, it did come. So I got a lot of homework to do. I got to figure out how this thing works because there's a lot of functionalities with it and things that I am unaware of and technologies that have evolved since when I, well, was a DJ. So a lot of different things that this thing can do that equipment 10, 11, 12 years ago that I got used to using um, doesn't have. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning process. Hopefully I'm smart enough to figure it out. All right, let's get into the reading. Isaiah chapter 58. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible on this fun day Friday. 
And it reads, cry loudly, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their wrongdoing and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they may, yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have you fasted and you do not see? Why have you humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you have done today to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast like this that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it for bowing one's head like a reed and for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day of the, to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I chose? Excuse me. Is this not the fast that I choose? To release the bonds of wickedness, to undo the ropes of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to break your... Br- Is it not to break your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked to cover him and do not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light will bring out like the dawn and your recovery will spring up quickly and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the need of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness. I love that. I want to repeat that. Verse 10. And if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the need of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age old foundations and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. If because of the Sabbath you restrain your foot, from doing as you wish on my holy day and call the Sabbath a pleasure and the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word, then you will take the light in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Wow. As Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through 14. That's a great, great chapter. I absolutely love that chapter. Wow, what a great read. Especially verse 10. I love that. So, what exactly did we take away from this? All right. So, I'm trying to think of how to go about this because... It just seems so fitting for some of the conversations I've been having lately with like my buddy at work and my mom and other people that have been, you know, kind of dealing with struggles, if you will. Um, but, you know, there's there seems to be a right and a wrong way to serve God, right? Serving God seems to be simple. Well, at least one would think, right? 
you know, most people think you go to church on Sunday or Saturdays, but you know, Sunday morning, maybe Sunday evening or Wednesday night, whenever your church service is, right? You try to live a decent life and you try to think that you've done your part for humanity, right? For mankind. Maybe you need to show up, you know, for a few, you know, singings, you know, for the chorus, you know, and a few nights of revival. And then, you know, you think, ha, I served God. I served the Lord. I did good. But unfortunately, that's really not all there really is. You know, I hear oftentimes there's a lot of people that tell me, and, and there's many people that say this to me. They're like, yeah, but Jason, you know, I, you, you tell me these things like, you know, if they're having issues with their marriage or they're having issues with this or that, I keep telling them, I'm like, no matter what the issue is, you need to turn and lean into God. I said, because if you don't have God centered it in the heart and the core of your life and your marriage and your household and, and everything you do, how do you expect to triumph and be successful in anything without having God at the core of your life? And then I'll get the response, but yeah, but you know, I pray to God. I talk to God. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Most people do, but do you have a deep, intimate relationship with them? Like, do you, do you have a deep, intimate relationship with them? Seriously. It's a very, it's a very serious question that I pose. And so you, you can be as dedicated as you want to, 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 you know, to the rituals and activities of an obedient servant of God, if you will, but that alone is not good enough. Even fasting and sitting in ash cloth, right, will not suffice. Why? Because God's not interested in the actions of those that are not also coupled with the correct intentions of the heart. See, and this is what I keep trying to tell everybody. This is what I was trying to tell my buddy the other day when he was saying, um, and again, I'm trying to keep his name anonymous, but when we were talking, he was like, you know, when we were in our counseling session, you know, I said to the couple that was counseling me and my wife, you know, I given my heart over to God and da, 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 da. And, you know, he told me some of the things that he told him. I said, okay, that's great because proclaiming these things is very important because as I always stress and, 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 and I'm a strong advocate on words are very important and proclaiming those words are very powerful. However, there's that old saying, you know, actions talk BS walks, right? I had to think about how I wanted to say that without, you know, corrupting a Bible reading here in session. And so what I was telling him, I said, that's good that you, you, and I, and I believe you when you say that you've given your heart to God. However, um, I said, it's no different than when you give, right? When you give monetarily to somebody in need, the Bible is very explicit in, in, in its directions saying, give with a joyful heart, number one, but number two, give in secret. Don't give and go proclaim it to the world and be like, hey, guess what I did, guys? Aha, I saved a day for a homeless person. No, 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 no. That is not how that works. Give in secret. God knows what you're doing. Why do you have to tell it to man? You don't need to. Because by doing that, what you're trying to do is seek approval of man. You don't need approval of man. All you need is approval of God. So you do these things in quiet, in secret. God sees it. And so what I was telling my buddy, I said, look, I said, it's good that you proclaim that. I said, but here's the thing. Don't say it so you can try to win your wife back thinking that's going to gain you a little extra ground. I said, because I'm going to tell you right now, women are much smarter than that. Okay. In her mind, she's probably thinking he's just saying that because he wants me to stay. 
He wants me to think he's changing. I told him, I said, you got to live the experience, brother. I said, but you got to do it with an intentional heart. You have to be sincere. You need to lean into God. Okay, if you gave your, your heart to God, wonderful. But God needs to see that. Don't ask, you know, it, your wife doesn't need to see it. God needs to see it. I said, so lean into him. And the rest will fall in place. I promise you, it did for me. So the thing is, you know, God wants us to be righteous, right? Not only in appearance, but also inwardly. It's so important that we are righteous inwardly. And that means that when we give, right, we need to give with a generous heart and not hesitantly wondering if we can afford to let go of, you know, that item or that amount of money, right? And when we fast, it is not to deprive ourselves of food or other things, but to make a show of how righteous we really are. But it's not to neglect ourselves so that we can, you know, grow closer to God. But when we attend church, it's not to make an appearance, but to give our time and concentration to God so that we can be fed and help further his kingdom, right? Expand the kingdom. You know, we read the Bible and we listen to preaching so that we can hear the word and learn from it and grow in the knowledge and wisdom of Jesus Christ. But have you ever been around someone who, you know, when asked to do something would do it, but they'd like grumble? and complain so much that you wish you would have just that they would have just said no you know that belly aching you know god's the same way you know he does not want your service if your heart is not in it that's it it does no good to serve god if you are huffing and puffing about having to do you know have having to be there or thinking about all other things that you could be doing but more importantly you know god won't accept your service if your heart is not right with him and no amount of fasting, praying, church service, attendance, baptizing, tithing uh, will, will make you righteous in the eyes of God. It takes repentance and the blood of Christ to make you righteous. And then and only then will your service to the Lord be accepted before God. Again, you could do all the right things, but if it's not with the right intentions and the purity of your heart, forget it. It's not going it, to <laughs> you're wasting your time, basically. If you're looking to please God. And so, you know, if you're fasting or praying or whatever it is you're doing and you do it with a righteous heart, it will be acknowledged and it will be rewarded by him with all the promises listed in this chapter. It does not pay to serve God. It pays to serve him with a servant's heart who constantly seeks for the righteousness. And by serving others is also serving God. Let me be clear, because somebody was putting this here in the chat, that you know we need to serve each other as we serve God. I think as we serve each other, we are serving God because God created all of us. And because we have the Holy Spirit, I believe in all of us, just a matter of if we are asking it, you know, to, to work within us, you know, by helping one another, we are serving God. It's very, very important, but it's so, it's so important to do this, you know, like I said, with a, with a very humble heart. Now, um, in an intentional heart at that. So <clears throat> as we look at this kind of verse by verse, again, not many verses, only 14, you know, God's purpose in prophecy and preaching and teaching is to reveal the sins of people so that they can repent. And one is not, you know, to sugarcoat the truth, but to tell it plain and true. Now, as we look at verses two and three, the Jews of Isaiah's day do not comprehend why God is not hearing them. 
Like they just don't get it. You know, they fast, they pray, they come to God in the Holy Temple as he asked them to do. But in response, God says that they have missed the point of their actions. Instead of being sorrowful, repentant, and dedicated, you know, dedicating time to God while fasting, you know, they're enjoying the pleasures of life and continuing their business as usual, you know, sins of the flesh. And so fasting is more than a ritual of sackcloth and a deprivation of food. It is the, it is the starve one's flesh to give full attention to spiritual matters. And that's what me and my buddy um, Dale, I'll say his name. He, I know he won't mind, but that's what me and my buddy Dale that I work with, that's what we're going to end up doing next week, Wednesday, as we pray for our, our, our fellow coworker and our fellow friend and a fellow man in Christ. We are going to start our fast on Tuesday night at 8 p.m., going all the way to 8 p.m. on Wednesday. And, and we're going to pray the whole day during our work day for him and his wife and his children. And so that's what we are going to be doing. We're going to read, the, you know, read some scripture the night before. Well, I read it the night before no matter what, but I'm going to continue to keep reading. And so is he. <clears throat> And I told him, I said, buddy, I said, this ain't going to be a big deal. I said, I fast for 20 hours anyways. An extra four hours ain't going to be squat. I said, shoot, we should do 48 hours. Let's up the ante. He's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, buddy. Um, 24 hours, uh, I can do. Um, even if you said 36 hours, uh, no way. <laughs> but anyways, um, but that's what we're going to do for, you know, our, our good friend that's, that's dealing with these his marital issues. But, but the thing is though, back to, you know, verses four and five, <clears throat> you know, to, to fast, you know, one must stop partaking of all the things that appeal to the sinful flesh. And so what does that mean? Right. It, it means anything that afflicts one's soul, one disengaged from all worldly and fleshly activities. So basically what I plan on doing is there's going to be no radio. There's going to be no podcast. There's going to be no food, just water, right? Water. And I'm not even going to do coffee. Just going to be water. I'm not, it's just going to be 12 hours of straight silence in my truck. So nothing gets between me and the spirit and God. So in essence, you know, the rituals of fasting will accomplish nothing though, if the heart is not also turning to God. Now, my heart has turned to God quite some time ago. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for fixing my marriage and fixing me and continuing to work on me. Hallelujah. And seriously, praise God. Because I wouldn't have been, I'm, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for God. So as we look at verses 6 through 14, the last few, you know, last verses, verses. Now these verses contain the purpose and principles of fasting. So for example, I'm kind of a little bullet by bullet list. It's time to like, for example, like it's time to stop work and afflict, you know, one soul with dedication to the Lord. Uh, bullet number two, it is to be done on God's timing in response to his command. Bullet number three, it is to give up certain things for the benefit of others. Bullet number, you know, the next bullet, it is to be aware of the needs of others. God is interested in the refining in of the heart and not the act of deprivation. Remember, it's about where your intention's at. It's about refining the heart, not just deprivation. The next bullet point, it is to meet a need in one's life. So what we're doing is we're, me and my buddy, we're going to be, again, fasting to hopefully meet the need of our mutual friend and coworker in his life and his wife's life. 
Now, when one does a continual fasting, God promises the following. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine bullet points. So when you can do continual fasting, this is what God promises. To answer when one cries, to put his glory before one, that one will be considered righteous and a light, to personally be one's guide, the one's soul will be satisfied and plenty, um, uh, abundant, that one will establish a foundation for future generations. You will be praised by peers as one who uplifts and repairs others. And then the last two bullet points are the one will find joy in God. And the last bullet point is that he will exalt one into high places. So the Sabbath is a time of rest. It means to fast from one week's one, you know, one, one week, you know, from, from your own work, right? And a daily routine to set aside a specific time for worshiping God, you know, and one is not to go about their own business on the Sabbath such, you know, by doing such it, you know, in a way it kind of defiles the purpose of time set aside for God. And for now it is time used for personal goals or interest, right? So it, it's like going over to someone's house for a visit. It would be pretty rude and insulting to show up only to like, you know, go fishing or balancing your paycheck at their dinner table or work on an assignment and not interact with the, you know, person that you're visiting. I mean, that's completely rude. And so instead of one, you know, instead, you know, one is to honor the other by giving your full attention and engaging in the activities of the host's choice. Right. That's, that's kind of etiquette, right? It's proper. So in comparison, you know, by honoring God, you should be giving him his full, you know, your full attention on the day of worship. Makes sense. Now, listen, I, I don't go to church every Sunday. Why? Because, you know, the, you know, the Saturday First off, the Saturday evening church that does ha you know occur is you know Catholic church, but I don't really care to go to that one. I want to go to the, a Bible-based one like my neighbors go to because my neighbor across the street plays the drums and he plays in their band. But unfortunately, they don't have a Saturday evening mass, and I'd like to go to their church, but unfortunately, the time that they do it is Sunday, and I work on Sundays. But I do my absolute best, again, to have church every single day in my truck, in this studio, and every point of my life. It's not just one time. So, you know, I try to have church every single day, talking to God, being an intimate relationship with him. Um, because of my crazy schedule, it's challenging for me to go to a Sunday morning church service or a church service on a Saturday evening of a church that I actually want to go to. I'm not just going to go to any old church because if it's crap, I'm not going to it. So anyway... So that was, I again, that was Isaiah chapter 58. I hope you all enjoyed that because I really enjoyed that reading. That was a great reading. So we're going to take a quick break so I could take a little sip of water. And then we're going to get into the next part of the conversation here on No More Excuses.
So we are back. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. So if you haven't figured out the um, the, the the layout of this show and how I'm do- um, doing this. So if you remember, I used to do like two or three different shows. That got to be a little bit crazy because I felt like I was losing time with my family. I was having more struggles with the podcasting. And, you know, it was just it was a struggle to try to keep everything straight. And, you know, I felt like I was spending more time in a studio and not with my family. And that, that tends to be a big problem when I tend to put my foot or, you know, too many irons in the fire in one area and and not enough in this area you know the minute i start realizing that if i'm if i'm neglecting my family and not you know putting too much time somewhere else and not enough to my family that's a problem so i had to readjust so i took obviously the you know the his hard line discussions and the one percent with him and we kind of merged them so typically you're going to hear the first 20 to 30 minutes be pretty much in essence a one percent with him because that's where we dive into scripture and we have a commentary on it right then the second half, so if you're not really wanting to hear the word of God, and I get it, there's some people out there that just don't care for it. Hopefully one day God will change your heart and you'll want to hear the whole hour. But if for whatever reason you choose not to and you just want to hear the discussion or what the topic was, you can always fast forward anywhere between the 25 and 30 to 32 minute mark. And, you know, whenever the guitar plays the, the middle of the show, and that's when we get into a different top, you know, different, we pretty much transition from the 1% with him over to the, you know, his hard line discussion. So, um, but again, like I said, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're here over here. And like, you know, Rita was putting here in the chat, God family, and then everything else afterwards. That's why I had to make sure like, yes, I'm doing this for God. This podcast is certainly for God. However, <clears throat> I also am doing this again for the assembly as well. God first and then the assembly. But again, if I am neglecting my family, then it's a little bit counterproductive and I'm kind of going against what I believe. So I have to create that equal balance, which is why I'm doing one hour show six days a week. That's it. You know? So um, Angie was saying, start a home church Saturday nights. You know, we actually started a home study group, believe it or not. We had one, two, we had two couples and then um the lady next door wanted to you know start coming you know come now here's the crazy thing is like we did that but then after like a few weeks of that because maybe the topics of discussion that i was getting into like we would do our reading and then i would open up you know about what we have going on and what we had going on and you know how we overcame it i think it became a um some of the topics became uncomfortable, not in an appropriate way, by the way, but uncomfortable because these are topics that me and Katie overcame and you could tell that they were having issues in that same topic. For example, pornography, we'll just say it right there. Pornography, right? I was talking about how I struggled with that and what I had to do to get away from that and how it affected our marriage. And how, when it finally went away and we just did away with it completely, how our marriage grew better and how it got so much more prosperous. But you could tell when I talked about that subject, you could tell that was a sore subject among some of them. And so then they would make excuses like, well, today I have to work and, you know, my work schedule is conflicting or this, that, right? Like we started getting excuses. I mean, we're still talking to these people. We're still friends with them, right? But we started getting these excuses. So we probably will try it again. Um, Maybe what I'll do is I'll just tone down the personal stories and stuff like that. But it wasn't like I was asking people to be like, all right, share your experience now. Like I wasn't doing that. It's just, I guess, I guess people, you know, 
people just, uh, sometimes they don't like to face the ugly truth of their own life when they know it's not the right path or, you know, they're not engaged in the right things. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but so, all right. So no more excuses. What do I mean by that? No more excuses. Well, see in the sales world, when I used to do sales, if I missed a sale, my boss would ask me, how could you have overcame the, you know, overcome the objection? And if what I was telling him started to sound like an excuse of why I missed the sale, he'd be like, no, 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 no. I don't want excuses. What I want is what did you learn from it? Like what, what could you have done better that would have moved the needle one way or the other? I mean, this guy, I mean, this was a high pressure sales guy. My boss was. So I was like, well, I don't know. But, you know, I always heard that, though, most of my life. I don't want excuses. Give me results. I say that to my boss. I forgot what it was, but there I was having an issue with my dispatcher. I won't get into the details, but I sent a pretty um, a stern email to him. But I also CC'd my boss. And so one day he, you know, and now, now keep in mind, let me get to provide a little background. I had brought this issue up, this particular issue up with this particular dispatcher quite a few times already with my boss and others. Nothing got resolved. So finally, I took matters in my own hand and I called this dispatcher out via email. Because part of the problem was whenever I called to need, you know, to check gallons for a specific gas station that I was about to deliver, I would be on hold for 20 freaking minutes. That's not an exaggeration. Two, three, four times a day. That cuts into a lot of time in a truck driver's, you know, workday when minutes count. I don't have that kind of time to sit on hold for an hour collectively in a day when we're given 12 hours on our shift to complete our work. An hour is a lot of time to be sitting, waiting for some dipstick on the other end, having a smoke break, not picking up the damn phone. And so I sent him a, 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 a stern, a sternly worded email. Now, granted, anything could be lost in an email or a text as far as context go. I get it. And I expected it, which is why I added my boss to it. So he knew what I was saying. And I was very measured, believe it or not. I tried to be very measured and very collected, uh, collected in my thoughts before I pushed send. Cause I started thinking, okay, how is this going to be received? More than likely, no matter how soft I made the email, it was going to be received poor. I already knew that going in. But I wanted to make sure he knew where I stood in this particular issue. So my boss said, finally, he pulls me aside. He says, um, dude, you got to you gotta be easier on your emails, man. That like that, like I had to do damage control and I had to, you know, I had to like, you know, make sure, you know, you didn't get in trouble for that. I'm like, well, get in trouble. I'm like, for what? I said, let me tell you something, Mr. Boss. I said his first name. I'm not going to say his name on the air, but. I said, I was very collected and very measured in my response. Make no mistake. I said, you want to know why I sent that email and you know, CC'd you on that email? I said, because I want to see results. I am tired of, you know, because this is what he said to me. Well, Jason, you know, next time just come to me and, 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 you know, if you need somebody to be a sounding board, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. I don't need a sounding board. You know what I need? I need a manager who's going to step up to the plate and get results done take care of business. Why are you in your position? 
You're in your position because you're here to manage drivers, correct? Yeah. You're here to also serve us. That's what you said. That's you. Those are your words. You're, I asked you why you became a manager and you said, because I like to serve people. I'm here to serve drivers. Okay. If you're here to serve drivers and I brought this issue to you, not once, not twice, but over three times now, it still hasn't been resolved. The head dispatcher, their boss is not resolving the issue. So you know what? I took matters in my own hands and I called out the son of a gun. I said, look, just because you hold a title that, you know, as my superior does not mean I am going to let up on your responsibilities. You need to take action. No more freaking excuses, I said to him. And I said, and you'll know, you'll find that out about me, sir. I said, I'm a no bullshit guy. And him and I have actually, now not in this particular conversation, but two separate instances, I've brought up issues about policies that he couldn't, that's a whole long story. I'm not going to waste airtime on that. Maybe I'll tell you a different day, but I came at him to basically show me proof of specific things. And he was like, well, I can't show you that policy. I'm like, well, then why are you telling me that if we ever question a policy that you could show us on, you know, on, on the website that belongs to the company? Well, there's just certain policies I can show. So anyway, make a long story short, him and I have gone on it twice on two separate occasions now for about 40 to 45 minutes. And quite frankly, it's like, it's like entertainment hour for the rest of the drivers because nobody can believe my, my, my tenacity and my, I guess, cojones, if you will, going after a superior. Now, keep in mind, I also do it respectful. I don't do it in, in, and I'm, I'm not like a jackass about it, but again, it's about accountability. I don't want your excuses and no, I don't want a sounding board because if I'm here to just, you know, vent to you, no, I, I need results. And so what I told him after these two occasions that we went after, you know, after we went back and forth, he said to me at the end of one of them, he says, Mr. Jones, he goes, I got to tell you, in all the you know years that I've been, you know, because he used to be a truck driver, but he's like, in all the years that I used to drive truck and and manage drivers, I got to tell you, you're 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 the only one that I've ever had that actually goes right for the freaking jugular. He goes, you go for the kill. He goes, I've never seen somebody go zero to a hundred in a debate in an argument with with me as their boss. I said, well, again, I said, I guess you don't have to worry about me kissing your ass now, do you? I said, I'm here to get my job done effectively and safely and, 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 and to get home in one piece. I'm not here to kiss your butt. I'm not here to try to get promoted. I like driving a truck, but at the same time, I also don't want my time being wasted sitting on hold 20 minutes at a time for, with a dispatcher that's always smoking more than he's working. Please do your job and take care of the issue. Well, wouldn't you know it? guess what, guys? I don't have that issue anymore. And neither do the other drivers because I wasn't the only one complaining about it. I was just the only one with balls enough to bring it up. Now, where am I going on with this little short story? There is a podcaster out there. We all know who he is. I'm not going to mention the name any more than I have to because now he is quite frankly pissed me off with his nonsense. And that's fine. He's doubled down. I'm going to read an email from a, from a listener. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep their name out because they asked so, but I, I did ask if I could read this on the air and, uh, they said, sure, that'd be great. Just do me a favor. Keep my name out just because I don't want to be shunned from the, you know, Bards nation, um, you know, community quite yet. And I said, fair enough. Fair enough. That's, I said, that's fair enough. Absolutely. So this is what it says. Let me just pull it up real quick. All right. 
And again, I promise to keep it anonymous. So they say, morning, Scott. I have been an avid listener to your show for almost three years. I also went to Bards Fest in Missouri. Uh, it's been a, such a blessing to be part of the Bards family. And I have been, uh, I've even taught this, uh, you know, the seven pillars uh, in my county, uh, my Southern, um, in Southern California community. I thank God for all you have taught your listeners. However, I do have a really big concern and I do pray that you will hear out, hear me out. For some time now, I have prayed that people would hear about away god always first uh to get our country back to the way god originally intended it now recently you started speaking about state nationals please by the wisdom of the lord um look into that deeper and <clears throat> excuse me and um it continues to say the national hyphen assembly.net is the only w true way to you know regain we the people governance now i do know over 10 million have joined the state national party but consider the millions who took the vax the enemy is deceiving millions now there are wonderful people who would love to speak to you about the national hyphen assembly.net i truly believe you are not i truly don't believe you are trying to mislead anyone at bards fest brian tomeo and i got into a lengthy discussion about this and he stuck to his thought and that the state national was the only way. Now there are people who have gone to prison for being in that group. One lady, <clears throat> myself may not convince you to reconsider, but I am praying that the Lord God almighty will open your spirit to research and be open to hearing the truth. Thank you, Scott, for reading this email. And I pray you will be touched by the Holy spirit in this matter. God bless you. And then I'm going to keep the name anonymous. So first off, you know who you are kudos for sending that email. And I know many others have, I've seen it. I've heard it. People he reached out to me, said, yeah, I've sent an email to him. Now I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and cut down the guy because I still believe now this could be my naivete possibly, but I, I still believe that he has intentions of truly wanting to see the Republic be restored. Maybe now, again, it could be me being a bit naive. I'll admit it could be, or he could be a very solid operator, some undercover CIA, again, speculation, not true, not sure, no validation, but I'm just saying, or he just could be one hell of a smooth operator, right? That's all I'm going to say. Smooth operator, right? We don't know. Um, we just don't know. Um, and somebody was saying, uh, how, how did he respond to the email? I don't know how he responded to that email. Cause that email I didn't send, but the email I did send, um, he, he didn't respond one bit and I, I figured he wouldn't, I knew he wouldn't. And so <clears throat> I want to play, I got three clips here. We're going to play, and then we're going to close it out with a prayer. But basically he has an option. Like if he truly has the 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 good of this nation and in his heart for wanting to restore this republic, and yeah, let me be clear, it's not just it's not just Bards, it's also Dr. Carrie Madey and Ann Vandersteel, and there's many others out there. But he has made a choice, and that choice is going to bring about some very very bad 
consequences for him and the many listeners that follow him. And he's got a lot of listeners. So all I'm going to say is buyer beware. Not that there's any sales transaction that's taking place here, but buyers beware. That's all I'm going to say. Let's give this one clip first a listen to. This is from his, uh, I think, what was it? Uh, Bended Knee, episode 1994, I think it is. I think. Listen to this. I did a, took an interview this morning from Dr. Carrie Midday. She'll be on tomorrow night. Really good interview. I think you'll like it. She gets into a lot of the alternate health things that she's been dealing with. Also, her state national effort that she's been doing, which I've been getting a lot of emails on this issue of state national. And um, people trying to convince me that this is a bad idea. People telling me that state, the National Assembly is the only way. And that state national is the wrong choice. So here's going to be my response. So I'm going to put this out here. I'm going to make sure everybody hears it. I'll even do it tonight as well because I want everybody to hear it. I have done a lot of research and I'm pushing down that road of state national because there's, in my, in my opinion, there's two steps to this. There is the individual and then there is the state. The National Assembly effort is interesting. I can't stand their website. I think it's I think it's messy and hard to follow. And I in particular don't like the idea that they're so ardently fixed on the hatred and the antagonism towards anybody doing state national efforts. In fact, they even say in their video on their tab that any of those people we need to stay away from. I'm not going down that route because if we're not going to be building bridges and combining efforts in a very unknown space on this, I'm not going to give it support. So you'll be hearing me talk more about state nationalism. You can send me all the emails you want um, about National Assembly, and you're going to fall on deaf ears because until they change their position and start becoming more tenable to the millions of people that are already doing state national effort, then I'm not going to have anything to do with them, and it's just that simple. It's um, It gets to be a real irritation when we are seeing – from people trying to create division when there's a lot of effort and nobody has the right answer. I don't care what people say. We're unlocking a very crazy understanding legally. And um, so this is where we have to really get clear. And okay. Enough of that. Um, a couple few things. First off, let me let's see. We're going to go to www.national-assembly.net. Hold on. For some reason, I said .net, but I wrote .com for some reason. www. Oh, focus, Jason. National-assembly.net. So he was saying... He was saying that he's done his research. He was saying that he did his research. Wait, what? Rita was saying, don't be a squirrel, LOL. What does that mean? I am lost. Um... He said he did his research. So I'm, I'm okay. We're on the assembly website now. He said that there's some video 
on here that's saying we need to stay away from these people. Um, no, the only video that's here is that pretty much it's, it's a video meme. And if he doesn't understand the purpose of the video meme, and he's very blind. Um, but I, I know what the video is because I created the video meme. Um, not only did I create the video meme, but I am very certain that nothing in this video says anything about staying away from these people. Now he claims that he did his re his research. Now, first off, the website is not messy. It is just not, um, it, it's, you know, it's a basic website. So for starters, I'm just going to say it. he's a bit of an idiot. And yes, I've said it. And if you trolls come at me sideways, go to hell. Okay. Because he's doubled down on this. The website's not very, it's not, it's very simple. You look at the tap top, you got your home tab, you got your conference call info. So you can check, you know, learn more on Thursdays. You got your forums and blog. That's where most of your information is going to be. Then you got your resources. If you want to go to the direct important, you know, re information, Go over the resources and it gives you the current situation where we are as we the people public notices by the MGJA, this fundamental orders of 1638 and so on and so forth. 10 steps to an assembly, our handbook, yada, yada. Then the websites that other states have contact information and uh, there's a why state national is a fraud. And then here's hardline podcast stuff. It's pretty simple. It's not messy. It's just a very simple website. So it's easy for the common man or woman to navigate. That's all there is to it. It does not have to have all a bunch of bells and whistles looking like a freaking casino. Now, he says he's done his research. No, you haven't. No, he hasn't. Because if you did your research, you wouldn't be so quick to jump on the state national bandwagon. Man, I tell you, I cannot wait till I can get released to, to say something that I found out regarding the whole state national thing. We're just waiting to get a receipt and validation on this because this is a big one with the people that status corrected. It's a big one. It is a big one. And man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's a big one. But he didn't do enough. He didn't do enough research. And the fact that he doubled down without doing enough research tells me one thing. He's a very prideful and ignorant man. Let's get to part two of that clip here. Because I'm going to make a point with one last clip before we close this out. And until we start to see some greater clarity, I'm going to be honest too. But one of the irritations I have with both movements is that people tend to covet the information. They either want to write a book on it or they want to charge a fee for it and they're not willing to share it. So if it's really as important as they say, then start articulating your stuff clearly. What you're going to hear in Carrie Madej's interview is a very clear articulation of where she's gone. And that's why I wanted to share it. And I think that's important because I, I really do get frustrated with this information that people say is so important for our sovereignty of the nation. And yet it's so important, but you're going to have to pay me to tell you it's so important um, I'm going to give you a website that's so complicated that it's going to take you 10 hours to figure out. People don't have that type of time. And it is important that we start to appreciate that people need a clear path. And for those that have done it, then sit down together, like your National Assembly folks and your state national folks, and map a way forward. 
I'm new to this, but I'm, I'm following some paths that my research is leading to. I'm going to share those with you. It's up to you to make the decision on what you want to do. It's not up to you. It is up to you, not up to me. And that's part of being in a channel of transparency and truth. So that's my place on it. And all right. It's, all right. I, I had enough. I can't even stand to listen to this anymore. I, I seriously, I, I can't. All right. And I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy, but the, he, whoa, what's the, what's the old saying out there? Ignorance is unbecoming. Is that right? Destry ignorance is unbecoming. It is such an unbecoming thing. And this guy is displaying every ounce of ignorance. I cannot believe how much he's doubled down on this. What an ignorant fool. He talks about and prides himself about being watchers on the wall. He's not doing a service by not thoroughly researching both in a more deeper level. And he's not doing any service to his 73, 74, 75,000 plus listeners by steering them down this path. And he knows the kind of influence he has. And by him using the power of his influence in this microphone, is very responsible and he is going to get so many people pissed off at him but you know what oh well just like when we tried telling people about the jab hey we tried to warn you all right now we'll pray for you we're not going to gloat because we didn't get it but i will say this we did try to warn you well that's the same thing with this whole state national thing when they sign those papers thus screwing themselves out of the beautiful responsibility of participating in this thing we call the Republic of these United States of America. And they start getting hit, you know, throwing a, a tissy fit about it. All we're going to say is, look, we tried to warn you. We tried to warn you. Now he talks about how He's done his research, right? He's done his research. And people in both the National Assembly and the state nationals need to come together and we need to sing kumbaya and we need to basically hold hands and we need to figure a way and a path forward. No, Scott, I hope you hear this one day, hopefully soon. That's not how that works. And no, it's not because we're hateful. In fact, we're quite, we, we feel quite sorry and, and, and very empathetic for the people who actually have intentions for wanting to get away from this corporation, but yet they were deceived. Believe it or not, we feel bad for those people. And we, we welcome these people to, you know, well, learn as much as they can about the foundations of this country. But unfortunately, because of how common law works, you can't allow the state nationals to come over and 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 sign a, a general covenant of office when they have sworn an oath to something else. Now you've he said on his show, I don't, I don't, I don't swear oaths to anything other than God. Well, when you do a status correction, buddy, you 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 just don't really know. And he says he's done the research, right? I've done the research. I've done the research. I've done the research. But I'm new to this, he says. I'm new to this. Well, clearly you have not done enough research if you're proclaiming that you're new to this. Buddy, I don't want to hear any of your excuses or anybody else for that matter. When you, when we've tried telling you, and then you come back later and be like, well, damn, how come you didn't really press the issue further? 
dude, we had an email campaign going to you. We tried. Like Destry said last night on the national call, got someone in your home that you cannot stand. Why would you walk away from your home, abandoning it instead of properly and lawfully removing the less desirable? Exactly. You don't abandon the nation. You remove the less desirable. What's the less desirable? That's the corporation. That is the people that have basically been tyrannical over us, our overlords, the people from Britain, Great Britain, England. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the great people of Britain because there's great people over there. I'm talking about, you know, the tyrants from back then who snuck their way over here and got, you know, infiltrated in our systems from within through the bar and being attorneys and so on and so forth and the teachers unions and you name it. Those are our offices that the corporation was hired to act in, not theirs. Those are our offices. That's our house. That's the real people's house. Guess what? We're taking back possession and we're we're moving back home, baby. Now, he's saying that most people, and this is what he was saying, he goes, most people in both the state nationals and the National Assembly, they want to take the information and they want to covet the information and then they want to make it their own and then they want to sell it and make a profit, blah, 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 blah. If this was so important, if this was so freaking important to restore this republic of these United States of America, then they, then it should then it should be you know good enough and worthy enough to just put this information out there free without selling it. Um, gee, I don't know, buddy. Let's play something that you just said a couple days prior to that show that I uh, that you just had. Just hey, just so you know, I was on the Zelenko report this morning with Ann Vandersteel. She's awesome, and she's got an upcoming event for those of you in the Northwest, not too far from me either. It's going to be in Springfield, and that upcoming event is on. Let's see if I get the date here. It's going to be. On Saturday, February 25th in 2023, from noon to 5 p.m. in Springfield, Oregon. It's $99 each. I may be there. Not sure. I've got to check my schedule. But she's going to be focusing on the whole process of becoming a state national, which I'm getting behind. Wait, 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 I heard now in the second clip, part two of two, his concern that he was very highly irritated with was how people want to take the information on both sides and they want to covet the information and then they want to sell the information. They want to box it up and they want to sell it so they can make a profit. But if it was so important to get out there and really restore the Republic of this nation, then why would we need to sell it? But yet he's going to an Ann Vandersteel in Springfield, Oregon for $99. Um, Scott, McFly, you, you awake over there? Dude, what do you think Ann freaking Vandersteel is doing? Holy shiza, I tell ya. He's, he's worked up about making the claim, and yes, there's people out there that are boxing this information up, and then they're selling it and calling it their own, right? Charging $99, charging $399 or $450 like Bobby Lawrence. He 
he's talking and complaining about how people are boxing this information up and they're selling it. Um, but yet on the same platform on a different show two days prior he's saying hey guess what ladies and gentlemen i am going to possibly be at an ann vandersteel uh uh uh, event here in springfield oregon it's at this time and it's at this time and it's hey and it's 99 dollars. you should come but yet he's worried about people and he's irritated about people boxing up the information and selling it as their own to teach them how to do this, that, and the other. But yet he is advertising the very thing that he says he is irritated with. Do you understand the hypocrisy here that is at play here, ladies and gentlemen? Do you understand that the enemy got caught with his pants down? Now, I listen, folks, you can listen to whoever you want. I'm not going to sit here and tell you who's bad and who's good. That's not my job. My job here is to put out the word of God and tell you, even with my words here at this platform, at his hard line, pray to God, ask for discernment, ask for clarity, ask for guidance. Don't hang on my every word. Don't hang on Scott's every word. Don't hang on any podcaster's every word. Why? We're all men. We're, we're people. Trust no man, but place all your trust in the Lord God. Are you understanding that? If you're going to hang on any word that I'm going to say, hang on this. Take everything to God. Everything to Jesus. Okay? No more excuses. When people tried telling us, well, how come you didn't tell us about the vex? Well, we tried to tell you. And when these state nationals come to us saying, well, how come you didn't try telling us? Dude, we did. We did. Let's pray. Sorry for getting worked up, guys. And I hope I didn't blow your eardrums out when I pounded on the microphone. This just, I want to see my nation free. I want to see our nation free, guys. Um, Just FYI. Just so I put this out there because Destry put it in the in the chat and I wanted to make sure I didn't forget that little note. Nobody charges anything at the National Assembly, just by the way. Nobody charges for you to be on the national call. Nobody charges to come to the county and state meetings. Nobody charges you really for anything. We have the handbook online completely free. You can go look it up. You can look up anything you need to. There's no charge. Now, yes, are we operating on donations? Absolutely, because it still does cost money to set up certain events. And uh, when I say events, like equipment, okay, like for example, but that's very minor stuff. All right, that's only as you please. And it's not an online thing. It's localized. Like I'm sure the Missouri Assembly would have their own little donations to take care of, you know, maybe for a computer to conduct business on the state level maybe an overhead projection when they meet together for their state meetings or Michigan or Alaska. Excuse me. I got hiccups. Sorry. We don't charge for the information. And yes, like Liz and Ella said, and like Destry always continues to say, Jesus doesn't charge for reading the Bible, for, 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 for spreading gospel, for spreading the word. Okay. This is not a charge and profit event, okay? Restoring the republic. There's there's no such thing as profiting off the republic, period. And if I ever find out somebody is trying to profit on the republic and they're in front of me, I am going to shame them so freaking bad, they're not even know what the hell hit them. Oh, they're going to be shamed. 
Let's pray. (sighs) Heavenly Father, thank you so very much. I apologize for my excitement and getting heated over this discussion, but, you know, I just want to see this nation restored. I want to see our country come back to we the people, our original jurisdiction being returned to the vacated seats that we left behind in 1861. Those are our seats, and we need to fill those seats back up. But most importantly, we need to get you on the top pedestal of this nation so everybody can center their eyes and their attention and their love and focus on you, God. We will not let this discourage us. But in fact, we are going to allow this to make us more determined to continue to spread your truth about what's going on. These people profited off of our backs far too long and that we are done. No more consent. We thank you for another day of life and good health. We thank you for all the many blessings you bring into our lives. Thank you for the platform that you provide me to to, to help speak truth on this platform. And God, I, I, I owe everything in my life to you. Thank you. And thank you for this equipment, by the way for arriving several days sooner. So I have a few more days to play around with it and get proficient with it. So we can have better sound quality and production on this show for you. So father, I'm still trying to come down from my excitement, provide clarity and guidance to us. Allow the national assembly to triumph and grow in numbers beyond our imagination. So we can restore this Republic once and for all and, move this path of our world and our nation forward in the most prosperous, peaceful, and abundant future that we can only dream of. We pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, I tell you, I I do. (laughs) When I get on one, man, guys, I get on one. I feel like it's been a long time since I've gotten riled up like that. But it just goes to show you, I I really care about this nation. I care about the people of this nation. I love you guys. I love this country. I love God. I love everything in this world because God made it. And the enemy is going to lose. The enemy is going to lose. Little side note before we close this out. Did any of you guys see that crazy little prancy video of my little dumb dance on Telegram and True Social? You know, the one that uh, is to this song. Pretty girls walk like this, 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 this. Pretty girls walk like this, 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 this. All the pretty girls walk like all the. <laughs> I know some of you guys shook your heads and just put your hands over your eyes like, really? Is he really dancing to that? Yeah, guys, I really danced to that song. Truth be told, it's got a catchy beat. (laughs) Destry and Randy, they're probably listening to this, and Oscar and whoever else, right? They're probably listening to this like, what in the heck? What that is? Did Jason transition into a, like, is he, is he transitioning? Did he identify as a woman? No, guys. I, I do not identify as a woman. No, I'm not transitioning. I just happen to like to dance to goofy stuff and 
unfortunately, my wife just happened to catch me with her freaking video camera. I didn't even realize she, be honest with you, I didn't realize she was, she was videotaping. I was playing the song on my phone and I was dancing like a, a retard. And she's like, you know, I got that on video. I'm like, you serious right now? I'm like, come on. I'm like, I shook my butt at you. That wasn't supposed to be on video. But anyway, <laughs> Randy's like, no comment. <laughs> All right, let's get the heck out of here, guys. We'll be back here tomorrow. And yes, uh, I know by popular demand, everybody wants to have havenly moments on here. I got extra microphones and um, headphones, and I got this mixing board. So I just got to try to figure it out now. And we'll have more havenly moments and hopefully better you know, production of this show. So we'll be back here tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'll be able to use this equipment quite by then. But either way, we'll be back here one way or another. So I hope you all have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world. And remember, remain firm, steadfast, and uncompromising. We got to hold that line, ladies and gentlemen. Like like Joshua 1.9 states, my favorite verse, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen, or a good day if you're on that side of the world. We'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless. No longer. Can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place? Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion. And if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.